Amen. Uh, listen, uh question I have for you is, if I were to ask you tonight, um, what is spiritual discernment or what is discernment? What would you tell me tonight? What is discernment? All right. Knowing the difference between what's true and what's not true, right? Okay. Anybody else? Somebody had something. Tell me. Truth and error. Okay, very good. That also is good. Amen. All right. So knowing the difference between truth and error, right? Now, why is it important for us to learn to be discerning, especially in your Christian life? Let me, let's talk about that tonight because there are a lot of people who are literally led astray, okay, we talked a little bit about this last week, about what we call the stage of what? Stage of truth. And then on the stage of truth last week, we said that some people base their Christian experience on what? Tradition, emotion, experience, and but it's supposed to be on what? Scripture, right? Now, now, I'm going somewhere with this, right? So the question is, amen, how, why is, why is spiritual discernment important to your Christian life? I feel like it's important because um, times when other people come at us with their, their idea of what's true and what, what's not true, uh, biblically, we will know, and we'll know whether they are right or wrong, and we won't follow them because we'll know the difference. Uh, give her a hand, y'all. Give her a hand, y'all. Come on. So what? So what is Pastor trying to do? Equip you so that you will be able to discern what's correct or what's incorrect, and and here's the. Here's a kicker for you, okay? If you have your handout, watch this. Look what it says here. Um, it says here, if you look at your handout, uh, right in the middle of the, right under the first, under the first um, where you write your notes, it says the Christian must take care to develop what? Right. A sixth sense of what? Spiritual what? Discernment. This is why the psalmist prays, what? Teach me good judgment and what? Knowledge. Listen, we live in a day where all kinds of things are being presented as the next best church, the next, the next best teaching. Uh, if you come to this thing... You can go to that level and you have a whole lot of things happening, right, today. And a lot of us are being swept away by some of those teachings. Amen. A lot of, a lot of things are being taught as truth and it's not. Very good. A lot of things, just shut it off for me, okay? A lot of things are being taught as truth, but if we don't know what the truth is, 
then how can we say whether it's right or wrong, right? And what's happening to a lot of believers is that they're falling victim to false teaching. This is where I'm going in this study. All right, I'm not, I don't want you to just have spiritual discernment so you can know how to buy the right car or how to pick the right mate or how to buy the right house. I'm not talking about that kind of discernment. That's wisdom. Hello, somebody. You got to exercise some wisdom with that, right? And how do you get wisdom? You get wisdom through the practice of the word of God. Hello, somebody. Right. But but God wants us to be discerning because of the times that we live in. So I want you all to be taking notes now because you guys are going to be discussing this in your groups here in a minute. OK, so let's look at it real quick. It says the word used in Psalm 119. Let's go to Psalm 119, Psalm 119 and one and 66, Psalm 119 and 66. Psalm 119 has 176 verses, just in case you want to know. It's the longest book in the Bible, all right? Look what the psalmist says. The psalmist is talking about God's word. He says, teach me good discernment and knowledge for, look what he says, for I believe what? In your, I believe your commandment. Remember, that's what I read earlier in my devotion time, amen? This, here's the thing. We have, if we're going to, become people who discern or people of discernment, we must get over what we're doubting. Hello, somebody. And some of us are struggling with our belief system. Amen. Yeah, we have to get over the things that we doubt because there's, we have to believe. So there's certain things we just, we don't want to believe it. You follow what I'm saying? And, 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 and if, I can, if I can use this illustration, uh, uh, let's just use giving as, a, as, as an example. Amen. If you don't believe that ten, the tenth part of your salary belongs to God, then you, you're doing yourself a disservice because it is holy unto God. Now watch this. I'm going to give you a good example. Now, watch this. Now, I say that, but the question is, do you what? Now, can I ask you a question? What would it take for you to believe it? Now, for some of us, because our stage of truth is based on experience, watch this. So we'll try it and see, and if it doesn't work right away, Come on, help me somebody. Then then we're like, oh, no, I ain't giving no more. But if we were to take God's word and believe what God's word says about it, go to Leviticus for me. Man, y'all done got me on something now. Go to Leviticus chapter 27. Tell your neighbor, pastor here to teach tonight. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I feel it. Amen. Now, now, now watch this. I'm just giving you, I'm showing you how it works. So when I say that you have to believe, okay, and get over your doubts about what God says in his word, watch this, until you get to that point and you truly believe the word of God, here's the thing, you and I will never achieve a level of discernment that we really need to live in this Christian journey. Are you with me? 
Watch this. Go to Leviticus chapter 27 for me. Let's see if we believe this. Amen. Go to verse 30. Now, I've dealt with this passage before. All right. And I want you to see something. I want you to see something with me. Now, now watch this. I know the dispensation, that means a rule of time, that we live in. So we live in the grace dispensation. All right? So the Bible said we're not bound to the law. We're, we live by grace, right? So grace giving is where we are right now. We're not bound to the tithe. But nowhere in Scripture after Jesus came does it say the tithe is not holy anymore. Come on, help me somebody. God did never said that the tithe is not what? Holy anymore. Are y'all following me? Watch this. Y'all keep me on time now. I got, got 20 minutes. Watch this. It says never, I'm sorry, verse 30. Thus all the tithe of the land, mm-hmm, of the what? All right, let, me, let me read it again. Thus all the tithe of the land, of the seed of the land, or of the what? Fruit of the what? Is what? Let me back it up. All the tithe of the land. Of the what? Seed. First you got the land that God created. You got the seed that God created. Come on somebody. And out of that seed he causes the rain to come down. The tree comes up. And out of the tree you get what? Fruit. Alright. Now let me bring it to 2018. God gave you a job. Hello, somebody. He gave you a business. Come on, somebody. Amen. And he causes now rain to fall on you, so you got a promotion. Hey, come on, somebody. You're being blessed. You can take care of your family, right? So here we have land, seed, and what? Fruit that's coming from who? Coming from who? From who? Why do you say it's coming from God? Because the text says, is the what? It says, the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. And look what it says next. It is what? It's what? Are y'all hearing me? It's what? Let me ask a question. Let me believe that. Let me see all the hands of people that believe that. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you tithing? (laughs) I'm not talking about tipping God. Giving him what you think or what you have left over. I'm saying you got $100 and every $100 you get, you say $10 belong to God because God's word says, and I believe God's word, he says it is what? It is his and it's what? Tell your neighbor, it's his, write it down. It is his and it is holy. The two H's. It is his and it's what? Come on, let's say. It is his and it's what? Come on, help me. It is his and it's what? Y'all with me? Now, just in case you decide that I got to pay my cable bill this month, or this week, and I can't give God the, I'm, ouch, you can say, ouch, come on, say, ouch, come on, you can say, ouch, amen, or thank you, all right, here's the thing now, 
I live in this monstrosity of a house. Amen. But I come home, I come to God's house, and I give God what I feel like giving him. Y'all ain't trying to hit me. Amen. Does my giving match my living? (laughs) It should. Does my giving match my, my living? Because watch this. Because you are benefiting from the blessings that God has given to you in your life. So if your giving is not matching your living, it's time to reevaluate and start believing. This is discernment. Start believing God's word. Look at verse, verse 31. It says, if therefore a man wishes to redeem part of his tithe. Know what that means? You say, I can't give to this week, Pastor, because, you know, I got to pay that cable bill. I need that cable. I need to watch HBO. Amen. I need to pay, you know, this light bill because we're going to be in the dark here in a minute. God says, all right, it's cool. But just know that just like the bank, God has interest rates. Come on, somebody. Y'all, watch watch this. He says, and if therefore a man wishes to redeem part of his tithe, he shall add to it what? Tell your neighbor that's interest rate. Matter of fact, tell your neighbor that's not an interest rate, that's a late charge. So I understand you said, well, you know what, I can't give this week, Pastor. But now let me bring it home for a minute about bringing it tied into what we talk about believing. Don't tune me out, y'all. Don't tune me out because here's the thing. We need to have this conversation because I want you to be discerning in respects of believing the word of God and don't let anybody tell you anything different. You're not giving to the church. You're giving to God. And you're giving God back what he entrusts you with. The question I have for you tonight. Can you be trusted? Come on. And if you believe no matter how hard it gets. Never take what's holy and mess with it. Stop taking God's part and thinking it's all yours. Come on, tell somebody it's a late charge. Late charge. Tell you never it's a late charge. charge. (laughs) Amen. Now let's go back. Let me get out of y'all way. One question. Who got a question? Come on, let's get that question. So you're saying if your lights go out, your gas, and you can't pay your car note, Make sure you still give your. Let me say this. First of all, let me say this real quick. If your lights go out. And if your car note is due and you don't have enough to pay it, that's mismanagement. Because God knows what to give you. To take care of your bills. All right. So, in other words, I want you answer the question. I say yes. Give no matter how it looks because you will never really know 
what God can do if you take what's holy, you're putting yourself in a late charge situation. That's number one. But you're putting yourself in a predicament now. And that predicament that you're placing yourself in is one, watch this, it's one that you're not going to like because you're going to always say, I don't have what it takes to tithe. And you're not trusting. But if you believe, see, here's the first thing you got to believe. Here's what got me with it. It's holy and it's God's. So I can look around, I can look around, nobody's looking. I can go in my pocket and be like this. <laughs> but you know who sees? I'm driving a $50,000 car and I live in a three, dollars $400,000 home. And I come to church and I give God one dollar. Is my, my living, does it match my? Because God has blessed us so. But if you have that issue where you're struggling financially, let's talk about stewardship. Let's talk about getting you back on track with saving and budgeting and that's the real issue because here's the thing if you're living in a place right now where you can't afford it can I break some news to you tell your neighbor it's time to move <laughs> tell your neighbor it's time to turn that car back in Amen. Because you should have never gotten it talking about God told me to get it because the prophet told me I can have it lay my hands on it and you can't even put no gas in it. How you can't put no gas in your car and you say God blessed you with the car? That's not wisdom. That's not discernment. You should have discerned when you went there your budget. Hello, somebody. Go ahead. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, 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 go ahead. Before I matured, um, there were times that I did have my tithes, but I had bills to pay, didn't want to be in the dark, so I would rob Peter to pay Paul. And I found out that it got harder for me doing it like that. I struggled even more. Now that I have matured, and I put this on everything I love, when my check hits my card, that is the first thing I do. I don't think about if I got enough money to pay nothing else. And to be truthful, I'm afraid not to tithe. I really, really am. So he, he will take care of you. And, and look at this. That fear is really reverence. Why do I reverence it like that? Two things, because what? It is what? Because pastor said so? Because who said so? And this is what I want you all to become 
when I say discerning, I want you to be able to say, okay, it's been proven in the word of God. And because it's been proven in the word of God, then I'm going to trust what the word says and not how I feel. Because a lot of us, we're, we're, we act on emotion. We act on, we panic under pressure. Come on, somebody. Can I tell you something? God may have want, wanted you in a situation where your lights was about to get shut off, your, 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 your rent was due and they're coming to lock the door. God may have wanted you in that situation at that particular moment, watch this, so that you would put your complete trust, not in man, but in him. Because what I found out is if we really want something, we know how to go get it. Amen. But I want to tell you something. I learned that principle a long time ago. I absolutely know how to trust God. When I come here Sunday, on Sundays, when I come here on Sundays, it's a delight for me to tithe. Because I understand that, God, you thought enough of me to trust me with these finances. And all you're asking for is what? Now, let me say something about the percentage thing. I don't even think 10 anymore, but I never go below 10. So what I do when I'm driving to the bank on Sunday mornings, I I shared this with my students on last night. What I do, saints, is I'm driving to the bank, and I say, Lord, what would you have me to give today? And it's never under 10%. Even if I give a dollar over what my 10 is, guess what? It's grace giving, y'all. How can I repay him for changing my life? I can't. Amen? Go to your handout real quick, and let's, we're going to get ready to break off. Um, it says the word that he used in Psalm 119.66 means taste. It is the ability to make, this is the key part I was trying to get to, to make what? Discriminating what? So, so here's the thing, to distinguish between and recognize the moral implications of different what? Situations and courses of action. It includes the ability to what? Weigh up and what? Assess the moral and spiritual status of individuals, groups, and even what? Movements. Thus, while warning us against what? Judgmentalism. Jesus urges us to be what? Discerning and what? So the word discernment, it does not only mean, it not only means to decide between truth and error, right and wrong, but it also means to judge. Now the Bible says that people say, oh, well, we ain't supposed to judge. No, the the word discernment means to judge. And I think that's where people get twisted and they get led astray because they feel well it's not it's not for me to judge the pastor but you saw him at the club but you come into church you're like oh not the pastor i'm just saying you know whoever you follow what i'm saying i'm saying or, or whatever movement that's out there or whatever doctrine that's trying to become because, watch this satan is always trying to bring some form of foreign or strange doctrine in your life He wants to pull you away from the truth so that you will not, 
Watch this. You will not begin to grow as God would have you to grow. Are you with me? So it literally means, go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse, verse 1. Now I want to show you something here about judging here. All right, I want you, this, this word judge. Okay, so let me say this. The Bible does not tell us we have to discern. But there's a difference between discernment and judging. Watch what it says. It says, do not judge so that you will not be judged. See that? For in the same way you judge, you will be what? Judged. Okay, watch this. And and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to what? To you. It says, why do you look at the speck that's in your what? Brother's eye. But do not notice the what? The log that is what? In your own eye. Now what judging gives you an opportunity to do is to examine yourself first. That's what the text is dealing with. You look at yourself first and then you can go to this person and say, hey, you know what? I, 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 I looked at me and I've been there before. This is why I try to share with people sometimes when I'm counseling the things I've been through. Right? Because I let them know I was there too. I, I didn't tithe. I struggled with tithing. You follow what I'm saying? But I looked at what? The log that was in my eye, watch this, so that I can help you with the speck. Because when I looked at how bad off I was, and I look at you from a regenerated position, watch this, from a repentive position, I realized that your, your stuff wasn't really that bad. It was really me. And oftentimes what we do, we project our mess upon people. Come on, somebody. We're so judgmental, watch this, that we don't look at ourselves. But if we were to look, and what Jesus is saying, he's not saying do not judge. He says, look at yourself first. Because if you look at the text, it says, watch this. It says, watch what he says. He says, why do you what? Look at the speck in your own, in, in your brother's eyes, right? But do not notice the log that is what? In what? In your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, look, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold the what? Look what he said. He said, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye. Then you will what? To do what? So what he's saying is prepare yourself first. Come on, somebody. He didn't say leave your brother with the speck in his eye. He says prepare yourself first and then you can discern what's really going on in people's lives. See? Listen, let me say this. When you see something in somebody, it means that God is trying to show you something about you. And so what God is saying, get that log out of your eye so that you can see clearly so that when you go to this person, amen, or when somebody try to bring you some mess, say this is what the Bible says, or they try to give you a Watchtower magazine, or they try to give you a Quran, or they try to give you a good news Bible and all that kind of stuff, you can say, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no, thank you. I appreciate that, though. I'm not being rude, but that's it.